WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Brett Barron's along with Marley Weirda here in our WCIA podcast studio. And, man, for everything that's happened in the last four and a half months, we just got hit with a sledgehammer Yeah. this week. Quite a day from, and quite a change of pace from what we had been used to, just kind of moseying along okay <laughs> we're waiting for something to happen with high school sports and then all of a sudden the volcano erupted and everything happened in one day and we're going to talk about lou henson coming up here we're going to talk about the ihsa the governor's announcement we've got a lot to cover here in the next 30 minutes or so on the podcast but i want to start with lou marley because uh this absolutely. this man was absolutely incredible to so many people community changed in Champaign-Urbana and the regions around it, and also in Las Cruces, New Mexico, where he coached at New Mexico State. Uh, Lou personified what being an Illini is for so many people. And the news on Wednesday morning, and I, I don't know if I'll ever forget, where you you know, you have those moments in sports and history, and I'm not saying that I'm, like, super close to Lou, right? Like, you know, he was a great friend or anything like that. But we had plenty of interactions over the last uh, seven years that I've been in this market. And going back to even with me growing up, going to Illini games. I mean, I remember going and seeing Deion Thomas and Lou Henson coaching, you know. And so mm -hmm. there's lots of memories there. But we all have those moments when you find out things like Lou Henson has died. And you're just like, well, we were expecting this. But it's still when it hits you, I think those are the moments where you're just like, whoa, okay, the time has come. Like, he has died. And then to find out on Wednesday that he passed away on Saturday, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, like this had been kept on the down low, which is great. And I think it goes to a testament of just how much respect people had for Lou, mm -hmm. right? That there's people that knew, but they didn't say anything until Wednesday. That's when the family wanted the news to come out publicly after he had been buried. Uh, Mary did not want people all around the gravesite and, and everything else there. For sure. I, I mean, you didn't, you didn't know who Lou Henson was mm -hmm. until you moved to this market. Right? right. And so like, I'm just curious from your perspective, what you've seen from people around and like what sense you've gotten about how much Lou meant to everyone. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what I got because obviously moving here, learning about Illinois basketball and the history I knew of Lou Henson, I knew he was a big deal, but I think by his passing that just magnified in my eyes, the kind of person that he was because you go on you know the wikipedia page when you're reading up on someone and you see okay this many wins uh you know a dozen ncaa tournament appearances with illinois or however many it was a final four and you don't see all of the stuff that happened outside of the court which is what it was a great i guess learning experience for me as well and uh, just talking to some fans, hearing what some people, um, some of his former teammates, like the Flying Illini, or his former players, excuse me, um, had to say about him, and just getting a sense for who this man was. And I honestly wish I had a chance to meet him because he seemed like he was a really, really great guy. And for everything that he did on the court, right, it's what he did off the court that I think everyone remembers most. Yeah, the mm -hmm. wins are there, 779. I mean, almost 800 wins. It's incredible when you think about that over a 41-year Hall of Fame career. You know, the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, we were covering that in Kansas City back in 2015. Craig Schott was there uh, in KC when he was inducted into that. You know, and so all of these moments, and we've heard from so many people in the last, you know, three or four days here since he's passing 
of just what Lou meant to them. Everyone has a story. And whether it's media, which isn't always the case today, right? right? I mean, today I feel like the coaches as a whole, I mean, I'm not singling anyone out here individually, but like as a whole, I feel like today the coaches are more reserved. Like, yeah. you know, and Twitter's to blame for that, social media, <laughs> everything else, right? I mean, back in the day, Marley, I've heard from Scott Andreessen and multiple people who's our uh, lead executive producer here, used to be a sports guy in the market. I mean, the practices were open. You could just go to practice. Mm -hmm. If you found something out or you uh, had an injury or a scoop or whatever else, it was just like common courtesy at lose practice that you would wait, you know, to put that out. Right. Well, nowadays that doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a different era, and I get that. Yeah, it's the era of like PR and right, all exactly. that just kind of boomed. So. <laughs> but it's just so different. I mean, Lou was the true gentleman, you know, like the what you would – what hope you could be right i mean i think that's how i'm going to remember him forever is like he was the guy that i think everyone wished they could be because he, he never cussed he was so yeah, nice that surprised me i loved hearing yeah. those stories i mean some of his former players were saying yeah we heard him curse one time in our entire you know four years and it was the a word but you know like even right. then we were surprised like even when you stub your toe or something you know you yeah, figured right. something i mean that's complete like 360 from what um brad underwood is because you hear that you know vulgarity Yo, and profanity yeah. flying out so i thought that was like a fun little anecdote um from his life and, sure. and what the kind of man he was and it just goes to show like you said what kind of man that he was the way he lived his life and it wasn't just basketball right i mean the way that Mary and Lou lived their life together, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, she was by his side constantly. I mean, he fought cancer for 17 years. I mean, to put that in perspective, I try and wrap my head around that, like a 17-year fight with cancer, mm -hmm. you know? I, I and mean, just as happy that's as incredible. ever. He was yes. at the Illinois basketball games and his orange, his signature orange blazer. Right. There was Mary right next to him, and they yes. were... Happy as can be. And by all accounts, that's how it was their entire life that they were together and married. And I think we can all aspire to have that, right? Like mm -hmm. that happiness in life or perceived happiness. Everyone has their issues, right? But, you know, where in the public eye, they lived up to what I think so many people wish they could be living that public of a life. And everyone has a loose story. And that's what I'm going to take away from this. And we've tried to convey that on air this week and in our coverage and everything else. And in this podcast now, even it's everyone has a Lou story. Everyone remembers an encounter with Lou Henson because he was just that magnetic of a personality. He everyone wanted to be around Lou because he was so nice. He would listen. He would ask you questions. He would ask you, how's your family? Where are you from? All of these kind of things. And he wanted to know. And you, you yeah. got the sense that it was genuine. And I think there's something to that, that some people have it and some people don't. Granted. Right. But I think there is more to it than just you either have it or you don't. I think you have to learn that. You have to practice that. You have to care. You have to be invested. And Lou was. And Mary was as well. And that is what I, I call them salt of the earth kind of people, right? And mm -hmm. I, I feel like we need more of that. You know, we need more <laughs> of Lou and Mary Hinton in our life. Just the salt of the earth people. I mean, they are what I think so many people want and, and need in a time like this in our world, we're more than more divided than ever possibly. You know, I feel like that's what we need. And so the world's going to miss Lou Henson and 17 years. I mean, 
there's been so many times, even in just the seven years I've been in this market, Marley, where I, I've heard updates that Lou's not doing good. I don't know if he's yeah. going to make it. You know, and then what does he do? He bounces back. Right. I mean, he was the consummate fighter in that sense. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about a fighter, it's Lou Henson. And that is inspiring for me, you know, and, and I hope it's inspiring for others as well that like, man, just because he didn't cuss doesn't mean that he wasn't tough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, and he was tough and he was tough on his players. And we heard from, you know, those yeah. guys. I don't remember the 89 team. I was two years old at that point, but I've certainly watched plenty of videos. I've talked to those guys. You know, I've watched games, all that kind of stuff, you know, and he was tough. I mean, he was right. defensive minded coach that in all in all accounts is funny how the fly in a line. I even got that name, you know, like, yes, they he had athletic players and everything else and they were good and, you know, uh, got up and down the court and all of that. But there was so much of Lou Henson that was also like stall ball where, you know, they'd get a lead and they just play four corner defense or offense or whatever yeah. and hold the ball for you know, a couple minutes at a time or whatever else. And, and Lou demanded defense uh, by all accounts. And so, you know, it, he was that hard-nosed, tough guy that, you know, people people liked and people loved and, and you wanted to play for Lou Henson. And so, uh, yeah, man, the world lost a good man. And I think we all knew that the time was near. It was coming at some point in the future. But until that actually hits, until you happened, actually hear yeah. about it and you process that and, uh, you know, you just never know how you're going to respond. Right. And I think it was great, too, that the family was able to keep it essentially a secret until it came out yeah. publicly to just give them the closure and, and the grieving process that, you know, families deserve like all of us. You know, when sure. one yeah. of our relatives pass away, it's it's not in the spotlight. But for Lou, of course it is. And I, I kept kind of thinking back to the Kobe Bryant death and thinking about how you know, especially today with social media and, and all of that, it's that Kobe's family found out that he died before, like, the police even came in and spoke to, to the family, things like that. So that's yeah. that put it in a little bit of perspective for me. I'm like, okay, I'm glad, you know, that the family was able to, to get somewhat of closure before, you know, the the media, us, I guess, kind of made right. it public to, yeah, to the because world. Yeah, because I think the family deserves that. That's not always how it works. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. You know, people in the public eye don't always get that time to grieve privately and process and and uh, be with other loved ones before the media starts coming and knocking on the door and, you know, wanting uh, this and that or, or whatever else. And so, yeah, that's that's really positive. Uh, Lou died at home very peacefully, and I, I think that's great as well. And he loves Champaign-Urbana, and Mary does too. Mm -hmm. You know, and they had two homes, one in Las Cruces here and one in Champaign here, but you know, I, he loved his community. He loved Champaign-Urbana. He loved being around people. And, you know, I, I'm really glad. And, you know, when we reflect on this, that, like you say, they had that time that he died Saturday and it didn't become public until Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a really positive thing. And it goes to show 100% how much respect people have for Lou and the Henson family. Because, Marley, when they came here in the 70s, I mean, they program was not good yeah. they, they changed truly changed illinois basketball put it on the national map the 80s were tremendous i mean you go back and look at the 80s for uh illinois two main sports football and men's basketball i mean illinois goes to the rose bowl in the early 80s they get multiple bowl games uh illinois should have gone to a final four mm -hmm. in 1984 uh, that's the whole Kentucky conspiracy and all of that <laughs> when they played at Rupp Arena. And they have, after that, the NCAA changed the rule to right. where you couldn't play NCAA tournament games on home courts. 
that's all from Illinois. I mean, you know, there's so much in there that Lou changed. And I don't think Illinois basketball would have been as popular. Possibly not, you know, mm-hmm. if it hadn't been for Lou Henson and all the hard work he put in to, to change the program. So, uh, rest in peace, Lou. I think there's going to be a lot of people that miss you. and, and uh, But at the same time, you know, he can rest easy now in the fact that, you know, not fighting uh, the terrible disease of cancer anymore and, and uh, sure to celebrate a life well lived. Yeah, and he certainly left a legacy, Lou Henson Court now yeah. in the State Farm Center. So, yep. you know, his memory will be carried on in in some fashion as teams continue to play um on that court sure and the court's named after him and if there's one guy to put a statue up outside of state farm center i think lou would be it that's a good idea at some point yeah you know i've heard that discussion in the past of who should have a statue or d brown or whoever else but like you know if there's one guy through and through Mm -hmm. uh that defined illinois basketball it's lou henson and i think his name's ever going to be etched there you know in the the history books for Illinois. So, all right, moving on. No easy transition <laughs> to this, but let's move on to the IHSA. And it comes out with its plan to return to play and, and move forward with schedules this fall. And we're finally to a point now, Marley, where we can look forward, start to plan, yeah. start to say, <laughs> okay, what are the details here? And let's get, uh, you know, into the the nuts and bolts of this so to speak of of how the plan is going to play out because we've spent so much time the last four months thinking is there going to be football are we going to have sports not only this fall but for the whole school year so many unknowns so many question marks and so the day started on wednesday uh with this press conference from governor pritzker and this was by all accounts a press conference bomb you know yeah uh, out of nowhere (laughs) a news bomb maybe even surprising the ihsa there were some conflicting reports out about that but governor pritzker announcing that youth and recreational sports for adults are going to be restricted starting august 15th we're going to have more restrictions (laughs) your volleyball league is going to be based upon different levels now of uh being able to play and so volleyball falls into a medium Medium. category here you've already looked it up i assume because you wanted to know for your recreational well it's okay we've kind of been playing some underground oh underground volleyball (laughs) huh all right is it is it uh sand volleyball or beach volleyball um i guess well it's not really on a beach so we'll call it sand Uh, beach is a loose term (laughs) used here in central illinois marley so yes florida girl very much sand okay we'll call it sand volleyball not beach volleyball (laughs) it's under a medium category and so i don't know about you but i was confused as could be after the governor pretty much writes an obit for all of sports in illinois comes out Mm -hmm. and calls out tuscola by name which got andy (laughs) romine heated uh man when they tuscola does not have the football team doesn't have any positive cases according to football coach andy romine yeah and the governor still calls him out anyway expose this because i spoke to andy romine when that reported on that on sunday yeah the news essentially what happened is there were you know some football players working a summer job where somebody there had tested positive none of the football players tested positive none of the other teams had any positive reports they just said okay better safe than sorry we'll wait till the tests come back and we'll cancel practice for the time being and then governor pritzker is like we don't want the same thing to happen that happened at tuscola and andy romine was like what nothing happened yeah (laughs) so what the heck's going on here he's like we did what was right we just were safe and canceled practice and 
whatever it may be. And then Pritzker is like, oh, no, Tuscola. <laughs> yeah, calling them out. I mean, and putting them in the same category as Lake Zurich, which <laughs> did have a huge outbreak. That was like 30 kids. And yeah, meanwhile, more, I've heard more than that. Almost 40 in that 40 sense. So uh, I was confused as could be here when we're listening to this live in the newsroom uh, that Pritzker wants to put it out by levels here. So in level one, only no contact practices and training allowed. Level two, intra-team scrimmages are allowed with parental consent for minors, but there can be no competitive play. In level three, intra-conference, intra-EMS region, or intra-league play is allowed. What? And there may be state or league championship games allowed for low-risk sports only. Level four, tournaments out of conference league play and out of state play are allowed. Okay, so we have levels here. <laughs> Lower risk sports can be played at levels one, two, three. Medium risk sports can be played at levels one and two. And higher risk sports can be played at level one. Are you confused yet? I have no idea what the heck yeah. any of this means. Obviously, if you break it all down and the devil's in the details, you know, you start to go along here. But, you know, the higher risk sports such as football, hockey, wrestling, medium sports. We mentioned volleyball, uh flag basketball. football or seven on seven basketball in that and then lower sports baseball and cross country gymnastics softball t track and field tennis uh, and so on and so you know all this drops at noon on Wednesday we were already expecting the IHSA announcement on releasing its right. plan for the fall and the schedules at two o'clock but these things conflict. I mean, at some point, it's like, okay, well, who's in charge here? I think it's a terrible leadership aspect of like, okay, well, the IHSA has turned over all, everything to the governor. Mm -hmm. Well, then why wouldn't the governor just announce this? Or why wouldn't they announce yes. it jointly, <laughs> right? Like, why wouldn't you have Craig Anderson there yes. with the governor to announce this? This was a huge deal. Everyone's invested in this. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to know about the IHSA because these plans by the governor include the IHSA. Right. It's recreational and youth sports, and the youth falls under the IHSA. And that's a question we had back in April or May, it was, end of May, when they first released some youth sports guidelines. I said, right. are high school sports youth sports? Well, now Governor Pritzker okay. is saying that they are. And so I just thought the whole thing was kind of like, well, who's yeah. leading here? Who's in charge? Okay, that's fine if the governor wants to announce this, but then why isn't the IHSA going to announce it at the same time? Or... Are they 20 even minutes like, later? Are they together in this? I don't know. It just I mean, even I have seems so many like questions. they're not communicating with each other. Like and That's not what Craig Anderson said later on. He said they were aware of it, whatever else. It they got a text. I, I spread text. also as well <laughs> that Craig Anderson got a text before Governor Pritzker announced this. That There was some confusion. I mean, I don't know who to believe here, okay? I haven't yeah. talked to Craig Anderson about that personally. Uh, but I do think that it just doesn't give off the best look you know in terms of you know where we're at on this and so uh, i don't know yeah. then the ihsa is supposed to announce at two o'clock its plan that doesn't come out till after three o'clock <laughs> so we're waiting for an hour the ihsa website crashed because god knows how many people were on that thing yeah i know i was clicking refresh refresh times and it was <laughs> 10 minutes you know and so the website crashes the email finally comes out after three o'clock and we find out that there will be sports this fall, not normal sports. Football will be delayed to the spring along with boys' soccer. Uh, and volleyball for girls are all going to the spring. They're essentially creating a four-season four calendar here right. uh, for sports. And they're going to try and pull this thing off. 
boys and girls golf, girls tennis, boys and girls cross country, cross country, and girls swimming and diving will all stay this fall, and that's Which, fine. Right, that I think sense. that's what we had predicted all along. You Hope know, because we were right, we were anticipating. I mean, at least I was on Wednesday. I thought fall sports were just going to be canceled across the board, but you know, a lot of people were saying, "Well, why not some of the socially distanced sports? Why I can't?" you know they be practiced or played in the fall and i think that's kind of what we're getting so yeah. no surprise there with the fall i think no because why can't you play golf exactly. i mean it makes sense you know golf courses are and open they should be able to y- you know go out and play golf tennis that doesn't why why should there be restrictions on that it doesn't necessarily make sense mm-hmm. boys and girls cross country sure there's going to be some differences we talked to st joseph ogden cross country coach and track coach jason retz this week and he's like hey look we already go to a meet that is staggered starts you know usually in cross yeah. country you just line everyone else up at the same time and say go whoever wins is the win is the winner but you know they can switch that up things are not going to be the same i think we knew that even if there was going to be high school football this fall it wasn't going to look the same yeah all things are going to be adjusted even golf i mean you're going to have differences in that on on how it's going to be played and carried out you know but were they going to cancel everything or were they going to allow some things to go on and it and then the question becomes where are you moving these things to how are you moving them you know when are they going to be played that type of thing so the things that we do know right now teams will play short and regular seasons in all four seasons essentially you know fall winter spring summer uh and the state series or tournaments are not going to be guaranteed Look, I if you had to yeah. pin it on me right now, if, if they we're going to crown a state football champion next spring, I say absolutely not. No. I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I think it's going to be based on area. I think you could have some parts of the state that play high school football and other parts don't mm-hmm. because I don't think the state series matters in this nearly as much, Right. you know, which is still disappointing. I mean, this is a big consolation. Yes, the season isn't scrapped yet, but this is a big consolation for a lot of teams and, and athletes yeah. around the state. Because you're not going to have the football selection show, most mm-hmm. likely. You know, you're not going to have the playoffs that look anything like what right. they do now. Like, what are you playing? I mean, it's great that they're given the opportunity to play, but it's kind of right, like, but okay, what, are you, what are you playing for? for? Exactly. And, and I think that is the next level question in all of this, right? Because you're competitive. Right. I'm competitive. I want to play to go 9-0 and in football. And we're just using football as a reference here. This could be for any sport. But I want to go 9-0 and in football. And I don't want to just go 9-0. I want to go 14-0 and be a state champion. Absolutely. That's what you remember most. Now, don't get me wrong. It's great to go out and play. And and I hope that, you know, all of these athletes get to do that. Because like you say, that's better than nothing. But if I'm going to play and I'm going to practice and I'm going to work my tail off and be in the weight room and do all this kind of stuff, I want to go out and play for a state title. (laughs) No kidding. And that's what makes it fun. That's also what makes it so heartbreaking when those dreams are dashed. Mm Mm-hmm. And for a lot it's, of high schoolers, that's that's it, you know, because realistically, not everyone's going to play at the next level. Not everyone's no, going to play Division One so football. So in high, like that's a realistic goal for for most high schools that they want to go and and achieve a, a state championship or go to the playoffs. And now it's kind of like, all right, well, we'll just play for fun. We'll see. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm really not. I'm so happy that you know, as yeah. of now. Everyone is going to get a chance as of now. But I still have some major reservations here, Marley, mm-hmm. that basketball and wrestling especially, especially with, are going to start yeah, November 16th. 
I, I mean, I just have a hard time believing that. Especially, and what's that going to look like? Yeah, because I feel like there really hasn't been much progression with this whole pandemic. If you know, anything, we're seems, regressing right now. Yeah, it seems like we're just in the same cycle of like, okay, let's open things back up and then close them back down. And then let's try to do this. Oh, but then it's too much. So let's go back to the old way. And we're just in a cycle and a cycle. And if that's been continuing for as long as it's had, I November seems... I think it's a lot it's coming up a lot quicker than than we think. <laughs> right, and especially for these sports that the governor, you know, deems a high risk sport. Now, basketball's a medium. I, yeah. Is basketball indoors that much different than I don't know, hockey? Like at least in hockey you have a protective mask on. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, football obviously is a is a huge high risk sport there, but you know, I don't see basketball any different than you know, some of these things that are on the high risk sport, you know, category here. Yeah. Uh, I just have a hard time believing that, hey, this is a great step. Don't get me wrong. But by November 16th, which is supposed to be the start of the quote unquote winter sports, you know, that we're going to be fine here, you know, and I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong in that. You know, I hope I'm wrong that when football is supposed to start on February 15th, which is going to take some getting used to there. Oh, my gosh. We're you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That, it's going to be cold. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But, you know, Andy Roman at Tuscola, we talked to him this week. He said he didn't care if there's 10 foot of snow on the ground. They're going to be out there, yeah. and they're going to be happy to Good be doing stuff. it. You know, because it does. It, it beats not doing anything. Yeah. You know? I do agree with that. But the first game is supposed to start March 5th, I believe, for uh, the uh, contests in that for football so you know there's still some cold days early march don't get me wrong but there's also some nice days and if we can have spring football and it gives yeah. us something to talk about as well gives right. the athletes <laughs> uh a, an opportunity and a chance then hey i'm all for that um but you know we'll see I, i'm i'm super hopeful that you know by february 15th we'll be talking about the first day of uh, high school football practice and that we'll be in the running again for a Big Ten title for Illinois, you know, for basketball. That would be we'll a lot see. of fun. And that would be a crazy spring. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> just absolutely It'll be nutty. high school football. What a 20th. If, okay, let's just basketball. say all of this stuff happens, okay? <laughs> and that, there, that by next February, the pandemic is contained. Yeah. We're doing okay. There's a vaccine. Right. Okay, which maybe. I, I mean... Who are we just sitting here on the last day of July? Uh, I can be optimistic that there'll be a vaccine by February. Mm -hmm. Now, how widely spread it'll be or, you know, available, I don't know. But we can be hopeful for that, okay? Think about the 2021 calendar year for us. I mean, of everything that's going to happen here with yeah. high school football moving to the spring, who knows what's going to happen with college football, okay? If we had college football in the spring, too, oh. what a crazy time that would be illinois basketball uh if kofi comes back and we'll find that out on monday mm -hmm. if io comes back don't expect that uh, kofi's even in question now whether he's going to come back i don't know you, you combine all of that within the high school calendar moving into the summer because baseball softball track and field girls soccer are the teams that we really cover here excuse me in our area they will now be played may 3rd through june 26th so you combine all of that, <laughs> we're into late June there, yeah. which maybe could be delayed because Craig Anderson, I should say executive director, said once again, this is all subject to change, right? <laughs> this is great we have this document here today, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really it's mean a whole lot other than so. we have a plan for right now. Uh, that plan 
will most likely change. I mean, if I had to put some odds on that, I'm saying 95% that this will change. Oh, for sure. In a large way, you know, by <laughs> uh, even a month's time from right now. Yeah. But by, you know, the end of June, we're still playing these summer sports. And look, I get it. I feel bad for these summer sports because these summer sports, the spring sports traditionally, are yeah. getting the shaft on the season here and how long the season's going to go compared to some of these other sports. Right. They got the way short end of the deal here, May through through June, <laughs> June 26th. I mean, why can't they be playing into July? I don't really understand yeah. that. But And that was a question that was asked to Anderson on the uh, media call earlier this week. But, you know, that's to the end of June. And then are we going to turn around in and resume as normal? August and go back to normal? I mean, well, maybe I we'll have a break there in July. But I mean, what a treat for us, I guess. At least we'll have content, content in it's the great. summer, which we yeah. usually don't. But... You know, we're maybe this will make up for all the time that yeah, we've been right? sitting here. Illinois is supposed relaxing. to go to Ireland in next August, <laughs> you know, uh, start their season again. I don't know. I mean, there's so many question marks still going forward. And so that's what I just want to pause people with. It was like they're so excited that we have a plan. Yes. And I am, too, that now we're at a point here, you know, at the end of July on, on July 29th, where the IHSA comes out with its plan. But things are going to change, you know, and, and that's the part that I just tread lightly with caution into all of this is uh -huh. because it's going to change. There's going to be differences. There's going to be things that are going to be more bumps in the road as we go along here. And there's a great chance still that we're not going to play high school football, you know, for the calendar. Mm -hmm. What would be 2020 fall yeah. of 2020 year? And there's certainly more to the IHSE sports than football, but that carries so much weight around this area. So, Most definitely. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we can we be hopeful. Will. Yeah, that's all we can do at this point. At least we know that there's a plan in place that all sports will, as of right now, be able to be played, which sure. is so much better than the news that I expected that everything was going to be yeah, straight up canceled. Because I, I was not confident. That. I, no, I was I, not confident. I thought at this all. fall they were going to just completely right. not play. You know, I don't know about the whole school year because I think that's way too much right. to call in, in July. But I thought for the fall all sports would be off. Yeah. Uh, they just couldn't couldn't do it, and I mm -hmm. thought they would go with an all or nothing approach. I, I really did. Me too. So, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It's. I just hope, <laughs> right? I hope we for hope. these kids because I I just feel for them, you know. And we've talked about that in the past. You know, being in that position, being told you can't play, uh, you know, yeah. that sucks. There's there's no way around that. That just sucks. Yeah. And, and so yeah, it's it's tough too. I can imagine for like younger kids to process because when you're just starting high school you're what 13 14 yeah. years old i mean we're adults barely i guess but adults <laughs> <laughs> um and you know we we understand it but i can't imagine um for a high school student or even some of the middle school kids yeah. that had their season i mean they don't even get to play because the right elementary right school now, is yeah they canceled their sports so a, a 10 year old kid you know, mom has to tell you that, you know, you can't play soccer this year. You're like, what? Right. Why? It's, yeah. And I can't imagine. And that's the tough part. You know, I think the other tough part, at least for uh, football, and I don't just mean to keep relating back to football here, but it's a know, good example. When you've got states around Illinois that are playing football, Indiana going on as planned, mm -hmm. Missouri uh, making a few adjustments there, Kentucky going on as planned, Iowa's playing state series softball and baseball right now. Yeah. You know, high school sanctioned. They haven't stopped, essentially, other than, <laughs> you know, the couple of months there right. from the end of March and into April, uh, early May. 
you know, and so I get it. That's difficult. You know, Ohio, I saw is going on as planned today. Man, when everyone else around Illinois is playing and the governor stepping in and saying, you know, you, you can't play high school football this fall, that sucks. And, and that's where I think some frustration. people are considering even moving. Yeah. So and that I don't their blame kids, them. I mean, if you have a potential, you know, five star recruit or a, a future Division One athlete and they can't play sports and they don't have any tape to show colleges. What do you do? You yeah, or you want more line. offers, right? Let's say you have a couple of offers right. from mid-major schools and you think you're a high-major candidate. I don't blame you for moving. I mean, are you willing to move? And if your family can do it, I think that's great. Yeah. But if your family is willing to move to a state that's playing football because you're a jun- you're an incoming junior, which would be kind of where I pin it at, right? Like, Yeah, you, that's a big recruiting. You, you got to be year. able to like, – by junior year – or going into your junior year, I think most people realize, hey, I'm going to play college sports or not, mm-hmm. right? You're either good enough or you're not at that point. Now, there's exceptions, certainly. But I think for most kids, you, you figure it out pretty quick. I'm either hearing from colleges or I'm not, you know. And maybe an incoming senior, too. But if, if you're willing as a family to move, to sell your house, find new residence, whatever else, for a potential $150,000 scholarship at mm-hmm. a big-time university if it's all paid for, that's a that's a gamble that, you know, yeah. why wouldn't you be willing to take if you can get your college paid for completely and you can get a full ride scholarship just so your family can move? Why not? As a parent, if, can. if I felt like if I felt that strongly about my kid, I would do it. Right. I mean, hey, if you live in Danville, it's pretty easy. You just what you're they're 10 minutes away from the. Yeah, Indiana I mean, not even just, that far. Right. Just, I mean, you, you could just, still commute to work if you. <laughs> and th- I think there'll be some people that. You know, maybe just get an apartment or whatever else, keep mm-hmm. their main house. There's certainly a lot of people with that kind of income and capital that they're willing, you know, able to do that. Um, you know, why not? So there's going to be so much outfall out of this, uh, you know, referees. We've thought of that, Yeah. you know, because you, you still got to have umpires, referees for all these games that are switching. I wouldn't blame any referee that's older one bit if they're not yeah, going to do this a anymore. A lot of them are older a ton of referees are older you know and we've done stories in the past about the need for more referees Mm -hmm. and the younger people to step up and do it that's a consideration lower and that's in my eyes the biggest consideration for lower levels right Right, because they're they're gonna find referees for varsity Mm -hmm. most likely i think it could still be an issue but you know if i had to take a guess on that it's gonna be easier to find them in film for the varsity games but what does that mean for a freshman game you know i mean that's going to play a difference in that, you know. You're going to have possibly no fans or very limited fans. Who do right. you invite in type of thing? I mean, I'm even you know? thinking of, so if they have it, you know, at the cap that's set at 50 people maximum in a building. Let's say we're it's Friday night, you know, full court Friday. We're going to film our basketball game and yeah. it's already at 50 people. What, we we can't go in? I guess not. Sure. And I hadn't really thought about that, but... I think it said 20% was the updated number. Right. Um, but so what if they're at that capacity? You know? I don't know Do if that 50% the... applies to that. Or not 50%, or not. I'm saying or 50. Or 20%. 50 people, 50 right? 50 people, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I read that on here. That it was 20% for indoors and outdoors. Mm-hmm. Which outdoors even makes it tougher. I mean, you have some football fields around the area, Marley, where... You could social distance and be outside, absolutely, and just be around the football yeah. field or whatever else. You can even you know? like bring your cars and like park. Some of them do that already. Next, yeah. you know, 
Um, maybe the biggest thing we need to take out of all of this does not apply to professional or college sports as right. well. <laughs> uh, I think that's an important factor there with Illinois. Um, I, I want to say I read 20% for indoor and outdoor. It could be different outdoor, but mm-hmm. that that would change that 50-person limit. You know, um, I don't know. We'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy week. I'm glad it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can reprocess next week a little bit. Uh, Wednesday was just a hell of a day and it's an, uh, we, I always joke an all timer. That's like kind of my joke. You yeah. know, it was like uh, today was another all timer. We I've had probably nine or 10 all timers wow, in, in my decade career in this business. Um, Wednesday was one of those, which is two huge news yeah. breaking well, stories. We've had two all timers in just this past year going yeah, back to March. Right? That was a crazy 12? day. That was an all timer. And uh, a couple months later. Yeah. Yeah, man. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really thought about that. Two all-timers. That we've had two here in March, uh, March 12th, and then July 29th. Yeah. Crazy. Man. And then all-timer for me is defined by, like, there's a crazy amount of work, but then the stories as well match that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> That's usually right. what I say, right? <laughs> like, you just can't make this stuff up. I mean... What was your first all-timer? You can't. Uh, probably working here, Cliff Alexander was a big-time basketball recruit uh-huh. from Chicago, and he hat-faked. Oh, yeah, I, I've seen this seen video. video where yeah. he picked up the Illinois hat and then threw it back down and put on the Kansas hat, yeah. and I was up there covering that. With former sports director Matt Wetterstein. <laughs> Illinois Nation freaked out. Yeah, my favorite are the reaction videos from right? people watching the yeah, commitment it ceremony. It was on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> just freaking out. <laughs> that was probably my first all-timer. I was like, whoa. Yeah. What just happened? Because for a split second, I was like, he's picking up the Illinois hat. Yeah. He's coming to Illinois. And then. And God, then he did. What a... Yeah. That was probably my first <laughs> all-timer at WCIA. Before that, I don't really remember as much mm-hmm. on the three and a half years I was at WSIL, but I'd have to think about that for some more. Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. Well. It's Friday, Marley. It's Friday, and I think we're tired. We, we all deserve <laughs> a, a weekend, a uh, cold drink, beverage, cold drink. <laughs> and a chance to regroup yes. going into next week. Absolutely. All right. Well, anything we'll else you want to add? That. Um, well, I don't know. The that. Marlins might ruin baseball for. See, there you everyone. go. Florida ruining of everything. It's Florida, they continue to give us a bad reputation, and <laughs> I would just like to say, because I am a Florida-bred individual, individual, um, I I do not claim the irresponsible people that are ruining a lot of things for us. Or the people that I don't know ride alligators. I I don't <laughs> associate. Oh wait, on you that don't do that on your off days, <laughs> or that I don't know, like lasso bow constrictors, and I don't know what is that. What do you think of when you think of a crazy Floridian? Oh man, because I think like wrestling alligators. Yeah, and, that'd, like that'd be all right. All you cool know. cats and kittens. All you cool cats and kittens. Carol Baskin. <laughs> that seems like such a different era of the quarantine, doesn't it? Back when we were like, like talking April about of quarantine, Tiger King, wow, Tiger King. How about that? When I think of yeah, we Florida, think of April, which isn't even yeah. Florida. That's Oklahoma, but you know, 
Yeah, I mean, well, no, part of it was in... Carol was in Florida. Yeah, she was in Florida. I don't know. Did she kill her husband? Hey, not for me to decide. <laughs> not for the me to decide. The question of the year. But probably. Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? <laughs> 2020, man. We're going to chalk it up to that craziness in this year. Can we just fast forward now? We're, we're done know, with July. Today's the last year of July already. Yes. Moving on into, into August. August. We're almost five months into this thing. Into this wow. quarantine life. It went by fast, but yet I feel like no time has passed. Do you feel that? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, we're already here, but I don't know. It's weird. All right. Well, here's to the next, you know, five months of the yeah. year. Hopefully it's better than, than the first half. <laughs> we're going to hope so. Heading into sure. halftime now. We're going to come out in the second half. Smelling like roses. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the WCIA 3 and 1 podcast for Molly Weirda. I'm Brett Barons. We'll do it again next week right here in the podcast studio.